Well, good morning. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. We're very thankful to be back from our travels. Uh, thank you for all your prayers, and thank you, Doug, for uh, standing in for my class Wednesday night. I know you were all blessed by that, um, and we're very thankful to have men that will be able to lead things when I'm gone um, and be able to stand in when we go on uh, vacations to see family and stuff. We had a good time down there. Um, we're able to get back and unpack and kind of relax for a day um, before everything uh just the holidays is always crazy, but want to make sure we invite everybody back one o'clock uh, for our afternoon service. Uh, it'll be a lot like this morning. We'll have another lesson um, focused uh, on Jesus as always, um, and uh, we'll get to be together again uh, before we uh, break and have a couple of days with family and, and things along those lines and dads throwing trash away and somehow getting rid of boxes. Uh, I am starting a burn pile, so uh, if you want to, just come throw it on there. Uh, but uh, again, I'm thankful to be here, thankful to be with everybody. Now, uh, you may have seen these signs all around. Uh, Maybe it's a church sign that says Jesus is the reason for the season, and a lot of people will uh, express that sentiment. Some people will also say, well, he's the reason for every season, and yes, he is, and we're very thankful for that, that we have Jesus, and again, uh, we always want to celebrate him, and a lot of people right now will be hearing lessons about the birth of Christ, which is a, a great lesson to teach, uh, and a lot of people will hear uh, great messages this morning while they are at worship and hearing sermons. Now, um, this is a, a great sentiment, but as I was driving down Vance Blockton Road, I was passing a church building that had this on their sign, and it got me to thinking, uh, and this is a, a, a quote I have in my own life, Jesus is the reason I can make it through every season, right? I can make it through all the seasons in my life because of Jesus, and this morning, that's what we're going to be talking about and how Jesus can get you through every season of your life. Now, when you start thinking about seasons and you think about the South, okay, here's a, a funny meme you may have seen go around before that talks about the different seasons found in the South, right? You've got hunting season, you've got winter, you've got pollen season, you've got winter again, you've got tornado season, so much pollen season, one more winter, another tornado season, attack of the mosquito season, summer, more summer, even more summer, uh, please Lord make summer end season, football, tornado, fall, a little bit more summer, winter, Christmas, and maybe even another summer, right? And I... Right now, we're all probably thinking the same thing. Uh, it's a little bit warmer. Uh, when we lived in South Dakota, it was always a white Christmas up there. Uh, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Uh, I'm just telling you that right now because it just requires more work, and it's way colder. Now, Matt Mitchell, he is a person that lives in Alabama. He's an uh, influencer, comedian-type guy. Uh, he writes funny things concerning Alabama's weather. Uh, who is ever praying to God to wash away the pollen better, lower their tone, because he keeps sending tornadoes. Um, just funny stuff about all the different seasons that we find here in this state. Uh, but we also have a lot of seasons in our own lives. And song, uh, Solomon who is attributed to writing Ecclesiastes, uh, mentions a lot of these different seasons that we have in this life. 
I think in this you'll find 29 different times he'll talk about a different season of life. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, the preacher, as uh, as he titles himself in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, says this, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace." As this writer, Solomon, as he's preaching this sermon, as he's writing this sermon, you'll see a lot of what he's talking about, uh, how he's searching for this meaning of life. He tries to find it in substance. He tries to find it in materialism. He tries to find it in the gaining of wisdom. And he ultimately will, at the end of Ecclesiastes, talk about really the whole purpose of life is to seek God and to follow his will and to do what he wants for me to do. Right, And throughout our lives, there's going to be different seasons as uh, what modern culture will call just different times of our life, different things that we go through. Right, And there's 29, 28 different seasons we all go through. Right, And this morning, what we're going to be talking about is really four seasons. I picked four big seasons that we often go through in this life. And I'm going to talk to us about how Jesus can help us get through those seasons in our life. Now, to be honest, these are four seasons I've gone through and how Jesus has helped me get through those seasons of my life. And maybe there will be a season that you're in that we talk about this morning and you will find a, a way that Jesus can help you through that season. Our first season we're going to be getting to in just a little bit, uh, is one that's going to be tough to talk about. But notice, uh, there is going to be a lot of different seasons in our life. And so we need to know how we can get through them. And again, Jesus is that way, and I'll explain to you how he can help us get through those. The first season we're going to talk about is the season of hurt. Uh, You're here this morning, and I know everybody in here has been hurt at some point in their life. By a loved one, uh, by somebody really close to us, we've all been hurt. Maybe it was a teacher at school that you had grown a relationship with. Maybe it was a parent who you were closest to who hurt you in some way uh, emotionally or spiritually, or maybe it was a spouse um, or maybe it was even your children as you have grown older and your, parent, your children have grown older. Maybe it was a child that's hurt you and how they talked to you or how they lived their life or are living their life, and it's hurt you in some way. Well, how can Jesus help us through this season of hurt that we're going through? Well, Jesus teaches me forgiveness. Every time we get hurt, it's an opportunity for us to forgive somebody. Did you ever look at it that way? Because most of the time when we get hurt, what do we, what do we want to do? We want to hurt back, right? They hurt me so bad, I want to make sure I hurt them just as bad. But Jesus teaches me, don't do that at all. Forgive. 
And notice what he says in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 22. He says, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me? And another way you could read that, Lord, how often will my brother hurt me and I forgive him because he's hurt it. He's hurt me. I almost said hurt it. Uh, don't think that's a word. As many as seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy seven times, or other translations will say 70 times seven, right? 490. Now, he's not putting a specific number on it. What is Jesus saying? You forgive them every time they hurt you, right? And that's what we should do, is understand and see that Jesus, he tells me, if you get hurt, it may be a a fellow member of the Lord's church. Can you imagine that? Somebody in the church hurting you, right? What does he say to do? Forgive them. What is going on in their life? We don't know half the time. And maybe they're just lashing out because they have issues. And I'm not trying to justify why people hurt others. But understand, you have an opportunity to forgive them. And imagine the weight you can lose. Imagine the burdens that you can shed if you forgive the person in your life that's hurt you. Because most of the time when people hurt us, we carry around that baggage throughout our entire life and we hold grudges. And when Jesus says forgive, we're thinking, yeah, that's way too hard. What did Jesus say at the end of his life? As he was being killed by people, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus was able to forgive and he had way more hurt done to him. Now, he was probably talking about the people that were uh, killing him. He was also probably talking about his closest friends who all denied him. Can you imagine your closest friend denying you at the time you probably needed them the most? Saying, I never even knew that guy, even though I followed him around for about three years and seen everything he's done. But yet he denied him. And Jesus still had the ability to say, forgive them. And shouldn't we also, when we're in a season of hurt in our life, where people have hurt us whatever way, Jesus says, here's an opportunity to forgive somebody. Forgive them. When we show them forgiveness, what we're really showing them is Jesus in our life. And so that's one way Jesus can help us through a season in our life. And that particular season is a season of hurt. Next, we've probably all suffered through the season of suffering. We've gone through trials. James talks about how, not if we're going to go through trials, but when we go through various trials. I don't know what trial or, or suffering you've been through. Uh, maybe it's through loss of a child. Maybe it's through a recent illness. Maybe it's through not being who you once used to be, right? I'm getting older. I can't go out there and play the sports I want to play. I can still beat every young person in this room at any sport they want to play, but I, I just can't beat them as much anymore. Right? I may be good for two games, and I have to sit down and drink a bunch of water, and then the next morning I'm going to wake up, boy, I'm going to hurt really bad. Now, we may go through times, and that may be a trial that we go through, is thinking, I'm not as good as I once was, right? Or maybe you're going through a time or a trial of, of facing uh, financial burdens in your life. Whatever your suffering may be, there is a way Jesus can help us through that, and he does that by showing us how to have endurance. Through seasons of suffering, Jesus shows us how to endure those seasons, right? It may be like that quick Alabama tornado season where it's here one month and then it's gone the next. 
but it may also be a season that lasts very long, like summer in the state of Alabama, right? I don't think there's ever a true end to summer, right? I'm wearing this sweater today, but I'm sweating because it still feels like summer to me. And so Jesus shows us how to endure, whether it be for a week or two or whether it be for three years. And he shows that by living through it himself and showing us how to have endurance himself. Look at what Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 through 4 says. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. What's so fascinating about this is you learn about multiple trials of Jesus. Not only the trial of him knowing how he's going to die, right? Uh, Jesus knew what was about to happen. That's why he spent time in the garden, right? Praying before his betrayer was going to hand him over to the Romans, to the Jews, right? And so he spent time in prayer. He knew what was about to happen. He knew about this, this season of suffering he was about to enter into, or he was already in. And yet he was able to go through that season, right? He was able to go through that. He endured the cross. He had that endurance. He was also to, able to endure from sinners such hostility. Think about the flogging that he went through, the whipping that he went through before being, uh, having to carry his own cross to the point where he was going to die. He endured those trials. He endured those sufferings. So whatever suffering I'm going through, whatever trial I'm facing, I can look to him, and that's why the Hebrews writer is saying that. Whatever trial you may be going through, and he also adds in there in verse 4, you haven't gotten to the point of Jesus' sufferings yet. You haven't shed your blood yet. You haven't been to that point yet. And we can all say we're at that same point too. We haven't, and I don't know particularly what trials you faced. And maybe you have shed your blood, but have you shed it for Jesus? And that's what he's saying here. You haven't shed your blood for Jesus yet, right? We're able to see his trials, see his endurance and say, I can make it through what I'm going through too. I can get through this season of suffering that I have in my life because I can focus on Jesus. And what does that really look like? Because all I'm saying is just focus on Jesus through your season of suffering. And now if I'm sitting in the pew where you're at, I'm thinking, well, how in the world do I do that? Do I just have a picture of Jesus on my phone every day and I look at him? No, you study, right? And you pray. But not only that, you be around his people more. You be around the church family more. The worst thing you can do is isolate yourself in a time of suffering. What is the first thing we normally want to do in a time of suffering? Isolate ourselves. Do you think that's a good idea? You cut yourself off from God's people. Now who can't help you? Now, when we're really isolating ourselves, what are we really doing? If we're all honest, we're opening up our phones and we're scrolling Facebook, Instagram, and whatever other social media that we're on. And we're seeing all these people post pictures of their perfect lives, and we're saying, why am I going through this time of trial and this time of suffering while all these people who aren't members of God's family, who are, look like they're blessed, and look, they're not going through suffering like I am. They probably are, but they post really nice pictures. And so we isolate ourselves from God and his family, and we tear ourselves down more and more. Did Jesus isolate himself from his people? 
from God's, from his friends? No, he took him along throughout his entire journey, right? And we should do that as well as bring the people of God with us in our lives and help us and also include God in your sufferings and you can help yourself through that season of trials in your life. So Jesus can also help us through this season of suffering, the season of anxiety, right? Uh, maybe some of us are in that season right now. Uh, we just went through uh, Christmas time, and we're all thinking to ourselves, we just spent way too much money on our kids' Christmas gifts. How am I going to get through the next season to pay off all these bills, right? And it, isn't it fascinating they start making holiday loans at the banks now, right? Well, why do they make that? Because we love our children so much and we want them to have all these wonderful gifts. We don't even think about the next year when we have to pay that loan off, right? And so now we're all anxious thinking about all that and we have this anxiety. How can Jesus help me through this season? He provides me rest, right? In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, those who have so much baggage on them. You've gotten so tired from your travels through this life because you carry so much anxiety with you. He says, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't care what kind of anxiety you have, how much anxiety you have, Jesus can help you through that. Jesus can provide you that rest that you're seeking. Now, one of the biggest anxieties you may have is, do I know if I'm going to heaven or not? Well, he provides you that rest, right? He can help you understand. We're going to talk about that towards the later end of this sermon. But he can provide you that understanding of, I can know for sure. I can have assurance that I will inherit the kingdom one day. I will be a, in heaven with God. And that would be a great rest in my life, knowing that I get to spend eternity with Jesus. Or maybe it's anxiety with finances or anxiety with relationships in our life. And we had a whole sermon on anxiety uh, a few weeks ago, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on those different anxieties. You know what you have. But Jesus can provide that rest. But what does he say we have to do? Is he going to knock on your door and you have to open it and him say, can I come give you some rest? No, we have to come to him, right? We have to be open and honest with ourselves and say, I can't handle this alone. I need help. And he says, well, you can come to me. I'll take your burdens. Now, you do have to carry his yoke. But what is his compared to ours? His is a lot less than ours, right? And so... We need to make sure we go to Jesus when we find ourselves in those moments of anxiety. Next, the last season we're going to talk about this morning. Maybe you have, you're going through a season where you feel hopeless or you feel without hope. There's no hope in your life. It seems dark, right? And you're going through that season right now and you're struggling or you've gone through it before and you didn't know a way out of it. You just kind of moved on to a different season in your life right? How can I make it through? How can Jesus get me through a season of no hope? Well, Jesus offers me hope. Isn't that cool? The best way to help us through a season of no hope is to provide us hope. Well, what did that look like? If you look in Ephesians chapter 2, wonderful chapter. If you ever just want to read a chapter every day, Ephesians chapter 2 is a wonderful chapter. 
In Ephesians chapter 2, not only do we learn about how, what God has done for us in our lives, but we also know who we used to be, right? Notice in verse 11, Therefore remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called the uncircumcision by, the circum- by those who are called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. Watch this, having no hope and without God in this world. Have you ever felt like you've had no hope? Have you ever felt like you had no God? You didn't have God in this world. Could you imagine what that feeling is? Now, a lot of us in here can look at it on the side of having God and having hope, and we're thinking to ourselves, boy, that would be a rough time. There may be someone here this morning, though, that is in that time of having no hope. You're without God in this world. I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to have no God in this world. But how can we make it through? Notice what happens in verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. See, Jesus provides us hope. He provided hope to the hopeless people. And how amazing is that? These Gentiles who he's specifically mentioning in Ephesians chapter 2 are these people that were alienated. They weren't a part of Israel. They weren't a part of the old covenant. But now they get to have the hope that Jesus provides. They get to now have uh, be brought near to God, be able to draw near to God because of his blood. And how thankful are we for that? that he came to this earth, that he lived the life that he lived, that he gave his life that he was living so that we could have this hope. For those who are going through that season where you're in your life and you're thinking, I I don't know what is going to happen to me when I die. I don't know what eternity looks like. Well, for me personally, I know what my eternity looks like, right? It's an eternity with Jesus, an eternity with God, and I have that hope, that living hope that Peter will talk about in his letter. And I want to offer that hope to you this morning as well. As we end this lesson, I want you to know that whatever season you are going through, look to Jesus to get you through it. While, yes, Jesus is the reason for this season and every season, he's also the reason I can get through seasons in my life. And maybe you're here this morning and you find yourself without hope. Uh, You find yourself distant from God. Uh, And maybe that's because you've never um, taken up his offering of salvation. Jesus provided his son, right, to have our sins washed away. Now, how do we accept that gift from God? Right. We learn in the New Testament multiple different uh, ways to uh, multiple different steps. You may think of it uh, to salvation. He talks about belief in the book of John, the gospel of John, and how uh, by believing you can be saved. But that's not the only place we learn about salvation. In Romans, you hear about how we need to hear the gospel message. Right. And we also need to uh, proclaim. We need to let people know that Jesus is our Lord. We need to confess with our lips that he is Lord of our lives. And we also understand that we can't just keep living who we are as sinners. Right. We actually have to make a change in our lives. That's called repentance. We make a U-turn. We stop living the way I want to live. and We start living how God wants us to live. Right? And ultimately, we still have that sin covering our bodies. 
right? And we take care of that through baptism. That's how we contact the blood of Christ, which helps wash away our sins. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, that's what Peter told those Jewish people there in response to his sermons. They said, what can we do? And he says, repent and be baptized, right? Have your sins washed away, repent, stop living that life that crucified Jesus, and start living for God. And have your sins washed away, or or your sins forgiven, same thing, right? You haven't done that this morning. I would like to invite you to uh, come while we stand and sing, but also if you're here this morning and you're wanting to come back to the Lord, you're wanting to uh, come before this congregation and ask for prayers, whatever it may be, uh, we invite you this morning. We just ask that you please come while we stand and sing the song of invitation.